from Public Radio International, this is The World. A co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. It's Tuesday, March 8th. I'm Marco Werman. Forces loyal to Muammar Gaddafi intensify their assault on Libyan towns. We visit a hospital where a doctor says this patient is typical of the casualties. A bullet in his chest, inlet and exit, and he has air in this lung and blood in this lung. Also a drink that's brewed in New Hampshire but has a global history. This big black burly stout was made in England and exported to Russia. They were drinking massive quantities of imperial stout apparently. First, the news. BBC News with David Legg. Forces loyal to the Libyan leader Muammar Gaddafi have intensified their assault on rebel-held towns using tanks, artillery and air power. About 50 government tanks are reported to have attacked Zawiya near the capital Tripoli from where Wirra Davis reports. We understand from at least two trusted sources inside the town of Zawiya that there has been heavy fighting in the town. One man told us by telephone there were at least 50 government tanks attacking Zawiya and there were bullets flying in all directions. The same man, a trusted BBC contact, described the town as having been torn down to ashes. Another witness from the rebel-held town just 50 kilometres to the west of Tripoli said, in his own words, Zawiya has been wiped from the earth and that several people, including children, had been killed. The Libyan government insists that its troops are not killing civilians and are only taking up defensive positions around towns like Zawiya. In eastern Libya, pro-Gaddafi forces are reported to have shelled the oil town of Ras Lanouf. The UN Refugee Agency in Ivory Coast says hundreds of thousands of people have been displaced by fighting between supporters of the two men claiming to be president following last year's disputed election. Here's Marcus George. This is a further rise in the number of those caught up in Ivory Coast's ongoing political woes. The UNHCR says that over the last three months, up to 300,000 have left their homes in the main city, Abidjan, with tens of thousands affected in the west of the country. It says many of those in Abidjan are living in abject conditions and getting help to some locations is increasingly difficult. And the strain is being felt in neighbouring countries, notably Liberia, where around 30,000 have arrived in the last two weeks. The International Criminal Court has issued summonses for six suspects in its investigation into post-election violence in Kenya in 2008. The suspects, including three suspended government ministers and a former police chief, have been ordered to attend the court next month. They're accused of murder, deportations and persecutions. More than 1,200 people were killed in the violence. The biggest insider trading trial in more than a decade has started in New York. Raj Rajanatram, the Sri Lankan billionaire founder of the hedge fund company Galleon, is accused of making more than $45 million in illegal profits. He denies the charges. Here's Michelle Fleury. The trial is expected to feature confidential informants, secret recordings of telephone conversations and even some high-profile witnesses. In financial circles, they're paying close attention. Information is the lifeblood of traders, but there's a fine line between acting on rumours and tips and acting on information that's private. The government hopes this will help redefine that line, which is why this case could change how business is done on Wall Street. This is the latest world news from the BBC. 
The world's biggest oil producer, Saudi Arabia, says world oil supplies remain sufficient to meet demand despite the loss of production caused by the crisis in Libya. Some estimates suggest Libyan output has been more than halved, but the Saudi oil minister, Ali al-Naimi, said rising world prices were due more to speculation than any fundamental shortfall in supply. Direct talks to try to end one of Europe's most intractable disputes are taking place between representatives of the Serbian and Kosovan governments. The negotiations in Brussels are the first between the two sides since Kosovo unilaterally broke away from Serbia three years ago. From Belgrade, here's Mark Lowen. Belgrade rejects the declaration of independence of its cherished southern province. But for Kosovo, its independent status is final. Now, in an effort to break the deadlock, the European Union is leading the first direct talks between the parties in Brussels, using the incentive of eventual EU membership to goad both...